Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, my guest is a familiar face across New York stages, be they Broadway, Off-Broadway, or Cabaret. Kyle Taylor Parker made his Broadway debut as one of the angels in the original cast of Kinky Boots. He then went on to replace Tony winner Billy Porter as the second Lola in the Broadway company, having launched the national tour in the role as well. Recently, he's been seen in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Smokey Joe's Cafe, My Very Own British Invasion, and Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Despite those exciting credits, the project that we are actually going to talk about today is his new album, Kyle Taylor Parker, Broadway Soul, Volume 1. And if I may editorialize for a moment, and I will because it's my show, the album is absolutely delightful. In it, KTP takes Broadway standards from across the decades and infuses them with R&B, soul, pop, and even a little bit of reggae as well. The album is now available, and it's an absolute joy. I cannot recommend it enough. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kyle Taylor Parker. I listened to the album, but the first time I saw you perform one of these songs from this uh, new album was the 54 Below did like a live stream of the concert you did with Robbie and you did Out Tonight. And I just have to tell you, like, I sat there watching this whole video just with this goofy grin on my face because it just seemed so much fun and it, it, it just brought such a unique and vibrant life to that song. When you were working on these these songs and picking them to put on this album what was your criteria in the songs that you wanted to include especially knowing that you were going to kind of reimagine them in so many different ways um so when i first started i i really didn't have much of a system and my friend <laughs> annalee ashford was like you need to come up with um, a message like what do you want to leave the listener with what do you want people to so the main i would ask myself two questions what's the overall, you know, message of the album, which I wanted to create an atmosphere of complete freedom because in this time that we're living in now, I think it's something we're all craving a place to kind of, you know, like the song goes, anything goes, anything can happen. Anything mm-hmm. positive is possible. And then the second question I would ask myself is, okay, how do I want people to experience the song? And so out tonight was something I just imagined, people getting ready to go out and party, you know, a cocktail party, like hanging out with friends, dressing up the moment before your whole night happens. Um, And so that's where the reggae beat came from. And like kind of the way we handled the, the musical interpretation of the song. So those would be the two things I asked myself. And how did you go about with the arrangements? Did you do this on your own? Did you work with uh, with an arrangement, a, a music director? Where did the specific style for each song come from? Um, I do have a collaborator, Joshua Steven Cartez. He plays piano, but as far as the style of each song, I chose the style of each song. Um, and it kind of, the ideas would just kind of come to me. I would go to, what's the core of the song? So Out Tonight is a song about Mimi wants to go out. She wants to be reckless. She wants, she feels that urge of danger. What does that feel like to me? I think then, you know, of course, Todd like sex. And so <laughs> reggae is very, has a very sensual vibe to it. So I was like, oh, this kind of does make sense to happen in a reggae flair and still honor the intention of the song. 
do you hear people sing is an anthem and people are fighting for their freedom. And to me, I've experienced that in church. I've experienced that in like, you know, when you think about the civil rights movement and marching songs. And so it made sense to me to approach it as a, as kind of that, as a gospel kind of civil rights movement moment. Um, so it starts that way. I think about it and then I record a ridiculous voice memo and send it to what, my collaborator. On, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what's on the voice memo? Like just your, like a free, f- free flowing stream of consciousness thoughts about what you want or what is it? Um, I kind of work out a, a mock-up. Oh, like, okay. okay. So I, <laughs> and I, it's kind of like that part in beautiful where Carol King is, you know, playing all the instruments with her mouth and saying like, okay, so the drums go like this, tickety tockety, tickety tockety. It's really like that. So I'm like, so I imagine a bass line that's like boom, 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 and I hope that he can imagine that going the whole way through. And then I start singing the vocal, and then we meet a week later, and he's like, this is what I have. And there's a, some things that have to be rearranged when you like change the style of a song, sure, like um, so, so, like an I'm alive. The, we found that the bridge, like certain chords, wouldn't fit in the key that we chose and in that Mark Broussard rock style. So we had to change a few notes. And Joshua is a musical genius. And so he comes in there and will rewrite a melody. So that's kind of our process. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's so interesting that for somebody who is not necessarily musically inclined like myself, that whole process of while this isn't necessarily songwriting, it it's song forming because yeah, you have the, the DNA and the backbone of what the song initially was, but you are completely creating a new version of that song that I'll be honest with you. I know every single one of the songs on this album, but there are times when even when you started some of the lyrics on some of them, I was like, wait, what is this? And then it took me a while to get to like, Oh, to click in on the lyrics as to what it is. And then I could hear the original melody, but they are, they all do have a very different sense from what I think of from the original cast albums. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) That was kind of the goal. Um, I always tell people that I, I'm such a musical theater nerd, but I'm also a big music buff. So I think in musical theater lyrics, like, and, and I feel in soul and R&B, you know, I grew up going to musical theater summer camp. So I'm hello, Dolly, anything goes, you know, showboat, those are in my DNA, but they're in my DNA as much as Sam Cooke and Aretha Franklin and Erica Badu. So this is like the marriage in a way of like how I see the world. Yeah. Um, sharing that through the album. Well, and that's interesting you say about how you see the world, because as a, as you go through and there's a few songs here and there where there's like, I mean, I guess some of them are jokes, but there's also some social commentary where you've tweaked a few lyrics uh, here and there. Was that something that was done just kind of like, Hey, this is a you know kind of plays into this. Let's put a little joke in there. Or was there a little bit more of a consciousness of when you're picking the song, saying there's something very poignant about today that you wanted to make a comment on through this fusion of styles that means so much to you? That <laughs> there's something very poignant about today, and I think it goes to my initial conversation with Anna Lee, where she's saying, "What do you want to say to the world? What do you want to say?" And I think that is all in the album that everyone deserves to be free that you know art and music make us think 
and they also connect us all. Um, and so that, while it is still musical theater, um, there are some thinking moments. I mean, and no bad news, the whole no Fox News, yeah. no fake news. <laughs> it is a joke, but at the same time, it is a major comment on where we are right now um, and how that that negative energy and the, you know, this this divisive thing that we're living in is problematic to the idea of equality and freedom and sameness, you know, that that are very important to me. When you were coming up with these uh, arrangements and these new perspectives on these songs, was there one that ended up being more challenging than maybe you you thought it would be, whether that's from an arrangement standpoint or maybe using it to communicate the perspective that you wanted to, what story you wanted to tell with it? Yes, I feel pretty um, had the biggest journey, I think, um, of the songs in the album, because when I did it for, this all started from a, a YouTube series. So when I did the YouTube series, I, it all started off as like a frivolous, fun idea. I was like, oh, I want to do something because visibility is important. And anytime you get behind a microphone, they're like, I imagine 10 other people watching you saying, I see myself in you. So I thought it'd be great to tear down this idea of toxic masculinity by singing, I feel pretty. So it started that way, but it still wasn't landing in the way that I wanted it to. It was kind of just a fun, gay song um, and character-y, shticky. And I was like, how can I achieve a level of camp that is still sincere? I want to empower people through this song. So between the video, then I did it live with Alex Newell um, at the Green Room 42. And us singing it together did lift it to another level, but it still felt a bit vain. And between the Green Room 42 and the recording studio, one day I was walking down the street and I was like, I get it. I'm making this too much about myself. I feel pretty. I feel pretty. But the fact is, because I feel pretty, because I recognize that in myself, you also are. You know, the greatness in me means that there's greatness in you. And so the the written, the, you know, you're pretty too, pretty kind, smart, important. Yeah. That idea came to me, you know, leaving Trader Joe's in the pouring rain. All of a sudden I had a eureka moment and it shaped, it changed the whole song and it made it what I'm so proud of today, which is like this anthem of self-love, but it was hard to get there. It took a lot of bending because it's not in the, it's not in the actual song on paper. Sure. You know, well, you mentioned that this is something that you're, you're really proud of. And, and every time I, I listened to it or I saw that video uh, on Instagram, it, there's so much joy behind this. At least that's what comes through. Is there something that, whether it's those things or something else that doing an album in general or this type of album that has so much creative, interesting work behind it. Is that, does this whole thing give you something different as an artist than doing a show does? Yeah. Um, I found that making an album is so you're, 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 it's a transparent experience. You are very, vulnerable and raw and it's you versus you know when you do a show you get to disguise parts of yourself in character and the audience has to guess what is you and what is character and there's a real safety there but when it's your name on a series of songs and arrangements even though 
while the songs I didn't write them, to a certain extent, I did these versions. And it's kind of like putting your heart on display. And at first, that was really daunting. And then I realized, but by doing that, it makes it safe for other people to experience joy, you know, and experience the, a lot of the emotions that are in the album. When you when you were going into the studio to record these, did you approach them as KTP or did you approach them as a character singing these songs? KTP. Yeah. And there would be times where I'd have to be pulled back where my uh, co-producer would say, oh, that kind of sounds a little character-y. <laughs> um, no Bad News is one of them. And in I Feel Pretty, there's another one of them where like, I kind of put on a voice at one point and I didn't even know that I was doing it. Because oh, it doesn't really sound like you. It sounds like you're doing a thing. And so we tried to be very clear about make it KTP. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I would imagine that going between the worlds of being an actor and a singer that there has to take some sort of conscious flip of a switch to, to make that adjustment. Yeah. Uh, what I kind of found is I realized, I mean, the broad way, right? So when I'm performing in a show, I have to get the story to 1500 people. But when I'm in the studio, what I learned something that a big adjustment that I made was, Oh, sing it like you're singing for one person. Like, cause really that's what happens. Like you're in that person's ear. You, music becomes so personal to people. They fall in love to it. They get through breakups with it that, you know, so how do I make each song feel so personal to the listener? And I think that was the major adjustment between those two worlds. Yeah. Well, there's obviously, this is, while a lot of these songs are, like I said before, incredibly original and interesting, you're not the first person to blend Broadway and, and that soul perspective. Is there anybody that, any albums maybe, or any artists that you've um, listened to before that kind of served as inspiration for what you wanted to create on this album? Yes. Well, there's the obvious one, Billy Porter. Yeah. Kind of, um, kind of fits. I learned yeah. <laughs> so much from it. I cut, you know, covered and replaced and he's kind of my origin story when i was in wisconsin i grew up listening to him um and it kind of let me know what it could be the idea that you know you're bringing yourself to a form to an art form which is musical theater and how powerful that can be so i was definitely inspired by that i was also really inspired by leslie Odom jr um who's offered so much advice in working on this album um but he in his own way has done the same thing of like taking standard songs and, and happening to them and letting the world see his perspective through music. Um, so those definitely, I also grew up listening to all the actors, fun cast recordings. I mean, Lilius White is a major inspiration of mine and Shoshana Bean. And I feel like all these people take something that we know and it's it's more than just putting a spin on it. They kind of leave their fingerprints all over a song and you hear it in a way that you've never heard before. And that's something that I aim to do. Yeah. I definitely think you've you've done that. Like I said, I I didn't even recognize some of them from their original versions. And I mean that it's a good thing because it's like it's so unique and fresh and, and ironically you opened up talking about Anna Lee. I feel the same way on her live New Year's Eve album when I listen. I think there's a lot of similarities between those two. That's like these songs that you know in a completely different spin, and that's refreshing. And I feel like that's something that 
um, is so special that especially for theater fans to hear these songs done in a different way is important. We hear with revivals all the time, we hear these same songs done with by different people, but it's often the same version of the song to hear folks like you and and Billy and Leslie and Anna Lee do these songs in a different way kind of breathes new life into them that they wouldn't get if they were just being reserved for performances on the stage. And those are all my fairy godparents, (laughs) Anna Lee and Billy and Leslie. So yeah, it's great. That's perfect. Well, I mean, this, the title of this album, I believe is, is Broadway soul volume one. So that obviously leads to the question of a volume two are you currently at work on that or you just have some voice memos going what's the plan for uh for a follow-up uh yes there are many voice memos uh, i have uh, an imaginary not an imaginary i have a my first draft of a track list and it's i think it's gonna be wonderful i want to challenge myself and i don't have dates as far as when it will come out i just right now the focus is spreading this music and really getting a following for the project. This is all funded by Kickstarter. Um, so music is expensive and figuring out how to raise the money again to do it. But this is a project that I want to keep going my entire life. Wow. Um, and taking different corners of the Broadway canon and, you know, exploring what else is in those songs and how they, how they are relevant to us today. You know, that's a big part of it as well. But the next one is very exciting. I'm very excited about it already. <laughs> can, can you give us a glimpse, maybe not the track list, although if you want to do that, you are welcome to. Um, but the uh, you said like you're exploring different corners of the Broadway and musical theater world. Is there a specific corner for volume two that you're looking at? Yeah, I think that uh, volume one was all about freedom, right? The freedom to be alive, the freedom to love yourself, the freedom to fight what you want, fight for what you want. Um, And I think the next one, I'm interested in looking at songs that are about all different types of love. Like there have been gorgeous love songs written in the Broadway canon. Um, And I've had my share of romances. And so it's like, how do I turn that into something? Uh, something that will speak to a person's soul. So if obviously I will include a link to purchase volume one uh, in the show notes here, but if people want to contribute via Kickstarter, I assume for volume two and hopefully three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, at the current moment, following me on Instagram following me on Instagram or Facebook at KTP way. It's like Broadway, but KTP, <laughs> KTP way. Um, and everything about my music will be on there. Concert dates, when the Kickstarter campaign will begin for the next volume and so on and so forth. Awesome. Well, is there, I know this is probably like choosing a favorite child, but is there one song on this first album that like, I know, I think I feel pretty was the first single released, right? Mm-hmm. Is is that is that the one maybe that you if you like had to put one out as an example of what this whole album and this whole project is about? Would it be that? Would it be another one? Obviously, anything goes is the first one. Uh, but is there one that you're especially want to hold up as the exemplar for what Broadway soul is for you? 
Ooh, that is hard. <laughs> that is so, so hard. Uh, um, oh, that's a really hard question because I do love them all for such different reasons. Oh, uh, yeah, totally. So I'm going to give kind of a two-part answer. My truest heart answer says that Broadway's soul is about Old Man River, how I combined mm. those two things, how I combined this old song from a different time and then this other song, which is, you know, a change is going to come. And that's from the 60s, but we're doing it now. So it's like a comment on all of it. It's a comment on where we've been and where we are now. And it's a true marriage of Broadway and soul. I think that one really tells what it is. And then as far as the joy aspect of the album, it's between I Feel Pretty and Think of Me. Because there is something that is so much fun about the album, too. Yeah. Old Man River, that old man river, don't say nothing, must know something, you just keep rolling, you keep on rolling along. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And you can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have social media information for Kyle Taylor Parker, as well as a link to buy his album in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks, of course, to the wonderful Kyle Taylor Parker, Robbie Rizell, and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, when I wake up in the afternoon, which it pleases me to do, don't nobody bring me no bad news. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more. A change gon' come, oh yes it will. I get weary and sick of trying, I'm tired of living, but scared of dying. Keep rolling along There were times I didn't think I would last for long Now I know I'm able To carry on It's been a long Time coming But I know a change is gonna come Oh yes it will Say nothing, must know something. Don't say nothing, must know something. Just keep rolling, you keep on.